The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Ooh, ooh. Hey, Dog Pack Nation. I am pumped today, not only to do a throwback Thursday with my dogs here, my dogs let me do this, but guess what today is? It's a Hall of Fame game day. And attention, all Browns fans, if you haven't got this yet, it's on national TV. So, how excited are you for this game? I am pumped. I'm Kenny Mack. I'm your host. And you know what I do up here? I run the Browns backers up in Ottawa. And I'm pumped to bring you another player from the past and just a little bit more. So, before we get started, let's check out the socials. Hit us up on it. Dog Pack. Let's do it. So the Dogs Podcast is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Be sure to like this video, drop a comment in the comment sections. Let us know what you think. And you guys know how I got started. Leaving voicemails on the Dogs Podcast, on their website. We say it every week. It's thedogspodcast.com. You guys are all dogs. D-A-W-G-S. You guys know how to spell it. So this is how what you do to leave a voicemail. When you're on the website, you throw that website in. Send voicemail icon. It is in the top left corner, just a little bit farther inside. When you hit the start button, you start recording. You throw in your name. You throw in your email so they know we are and you guys are off to the races. And if you don't like your take, hit the reset button. Try again. It's super easy to do one. You just go, hey, it's Kenny Mack. I'm calling from Ottawa. Want to hear my dogs? Let's kick this off. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's a real basic one. So let's do this. Now, actually, comment from this week. We got one from Lee Massey, 9065. It's a bit of a threat. Basically, what he said is one of my favorite D-lines was the one before they stole our team to Baltimore. That's right. You know why Armandale, you're a piece of crap. We'll see it every episode. But they had a line. Rob Burnett, Anthony Pleasant, Jerry Ball, D- Michael Dean Perry. Couldn't run on them. Well, the Dogs podcast replied, hopefully that's our line this season. I can see some parallels. Robert Burnett got the sacks. Anthony Pleasant cleaned up. We're hoping Miles and Zadarius do that. Jerry Ball, Michael Dean, either one of those could be Delvin Tomlinson with the way his size and the way he pushes the pocket. But he would be Michael Dean for me in this instance. There is no Jerry Ball on this team per se. The, the closest thing would be our new rookie, Ika, and he just doesn't have the clout yet. But we're hoping that he becomes a Jerry Ball. Believe me, look him up. That'd be awesome if he gets a career like that. Then Lee Massey basically said, or he came back and said, hey man, this team looks better in training camp than it did last year. But I cannot wait to see them go on August 6th. Well, a couple things about that comment. Number one, they're the best I've seen in a decade. Number two, I'm going to be at that training camp, so I might see you there. And that's what I replied. So guys, today, Thursday, 
August 3rd, and I'm doing this a little bit earlier, just so you know, it's going to get released today, but I'm probably taking a nap right now because I just drove from Canada. So I need a nap before I head up to the stadium. So it's a throwback Thursday. Let's take a quick look though at the Browns participation in the Hall of Fame. And let's see how we fared that year. So the Hall of Fame game, as you know, is in Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. The birthplace place of Football Hall of Fame. Football, it was what I wanted to say. They have been in the game, the Browns, five times, holding a two and three record. So let's see where it started. September 1963 was the first game they ever played in. The Browns lost to the Squealers 6-7. The Browns, coached by Blanton Collier, finished their 14th season at a 10-4 mark. So that's pretty good. To lose to the Packers in the playoffs, boo, 40-23 in the playoffs. Jim Brown, the NFL, set an NFL record of 5.74 yards a carry. And I had to mention this because Stump's saying like six. So are we going to beat someone this year? But that's the mark, so let's see what we can do. Game 2, August 5th, 1967, they lost to the Eagles 28-13. to But the season was very similar. So it was a 9-5 to record, and they had also a playoff berth, but lost. This was the final season for a famous Hall of Famer, Lou the Toe Groza. And he retired for the second or the third time. August first 1981 so they had to wait 14 years to get back into the hall of fame and they would defeat the falcons in their first home team appearance so last two i spoke of they were actually the visiting team 24 to 10 is what they uh, the score they won the first hall of fame win would be marred though with a disappointing 5 and 11 season unlike the magical season that we said in previous episodes the clay matthew episode which that team had five come-from-behind victories. This 81 team lost five games by six points or less. The Browns then would lose again as the visitors another 10 years or 10 seasons later in 1990 to the Bears. 1990 was a 3-13 and season, and the only thing good about that is Eric Metcalf led the league in kickoffs. And you know what happens... When you're 3-13, and 13, you get a ton of kickoffs, so you better be leading the team in kickoffs. Leading the league in team, uh, kickoffs. Last but not least, the world's team, that's us, beat the America's team 20-17 to 17 in our reboot year, 1999. And that was a 2-14 abomination, but there's one thing that was awesome. If you're going 2-14, and 14, you better beat the damn Steelers, and we sure did that. So, what does this all mean? If we win... We lose. How does the season's fares? Doesn't mean deadly squat. So, what do you expect from the game? Here's what I expect. You're going to see a lot of third, fourth, fifth level starters. And they're going to be in a position to win basic matchups. It's not going to be crazy plays. See a lot of off tackle, uh, sweeps, maybe dives on the running. Screens. You're going to see screens, uh, corners, super easy routes. And a lot of running backs are probably going to be running. Or sorry, a lot of quarterbacks are going to be running is what I'm saying. It'll be interesting to see the quarterback situation. So Rodgers and Watson, there's probably zero chance they play. I don't even know on our side if Dobbs is going to play. And he's a preseason superstar. 
the much maligned Zach Wilson better get some reps because he was awful last year. So we'll see if those Boo Bird Jet fans, if he has a bad game or a bad series, might be all over him. The Browns D is a bit of an unknown. So we were talking about them earlier and like what you want to do, let's take Miles. He's not going to play. Dell is not going to play. Darius not going to play. All the rest are unknowns. So if those guys can handle the line of scrimmage and we can make enough plays with our quarterbacks and running backs, I think we can have this game. But we need to see what these guys can do. Linebackers are going to be a little bit of a question as well. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I'm thinking that he's going to be a preseason superstar just like Josh Dobbs. And my my forecast, I don't know what to give for a score. Let me think about the quick second. But my forecast, he runs for one, he passes for one. So that's 14 points. So let's say we win 17-16. to 16. That's a great first preseason score. Hey, Browns fans here in Ohio. We have an unbeatable NFL preseason offer for you from Caesar Sportsbook. New customers can get their first bet insured up to $1,250 by using our code DOGSFULL, D-A-W-G-S-F-U-L-L, all one word, when you sign up. Not only will your first bet be completely insured, but you will also be directly supporting our podcast. So if you haven't already joined the Caesar Sportsbook community, now is the perfect time to make your move. Just remember to enter our code DOGSFULL during sign up and place that first bet. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. So, dogs, are you pumped? It's Thursday, Hall of Fame weekend. It is kicking off with a game. And, of course, who's the player? Huh? You think I'm going to pick? That's right, man. JT73. That's right. Joe freaking Thomas. And he's going to be our 23rd gold jacket. That's right. 2-3. We got 23 in the Hall of Fame because we have a great legacy in history. I mean... Look at Joe, who doesn't love the guy. He is the epitome of the blue-collar Cleveland attitude. And while his first season was a huge success, there was many failures with the team in the upcoming decade. He had no quit in him, even though the team was crap, for his team and the city. So, let's see where all this started. So, Joseph Hayden Thomas was born in Brookfield, Wisconsin. While attending Brookfield Central High, Joe discovered football, and not only did he play it, he freaking owned it. Listen to this litter of positions that this dude played. Right tackle, defensive tackle, fullback, tight end. Man, he did it all. He also backed up the special teams, and not just as a gunner or something like that, one of the guys on, on, on the special teams. He's a place kicker. He's a punter. Like, two-way player. Like, he was two-way superstar in high school. Like, check out all these accolades that he had. So, he was listed as the top 20 offensive line by Prep Star All-American. He was second all-team offensive guard, according to USA Today. And uh, that was also in the Detroit Free Press. All-Midwest team, and that was reported by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. First team all-defensive line, second team all-state offensive guard as a junior. So, we didn't even mention anything about guard. And also received first-team All-State honors as defensive end from the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association, as per the Associated Press. He also recognized by the same association, the WFCA, 
Defensive Player of the Year in 2002. Like, this guy can do it all. He had 85 tackles and 12 sacks as a senior. As a junior, he had 70 tackles and 8 sacks, so he was always ascending. He was listed as the third best prospect in the state of Wisconsin in 2003. And aside from all this athletic prowess, he performed academically. Four-year honor roll student, and he was part of the USA Army Academic All-American team, and he played in the 2003 U.S. Army All-American Pro Bowl. I don't know if that sounded like it, but that was a mouthful of stuff that he did. Um, so, if you watch any of the other Throwback Thursdays, he also excelled in what it seems to be these guys that do really well in the NFL excel in. It, and that was track and field. But this time, he did discus and shot put. And, and you'll have to stay tuned to a little bit later why we're mentioning shot put. But if you've seen him do any kind of like color commentary or broadcasting, they always love this as a staple. They surprise them. Here's some footage of you when you were in high school or when you were in university doing your shot put. He always blushes. We've seen it every year. So this shouldn't be a surprise to you guys. He was awesome at it. But moving on to university, being Wisconsin tried and true. I mean, this guy was a Badgers fan. He was a box fan. He was a Brewers fan. He was a Packers fan, and he became a Badger from 2003 to 2006. As a freshman, he got to see playing time as a blocking tight end, and it was mainly he was kind of a skinny guy, and he just didn't feel like he was up to weight-wise being a left tackle. But I guess a year in university, they moved him to left tackle, and he started 12 games in 2004. So, it's funny how things work. Kind of worked good for us. Joe Thomas was already to be the best left tackle, second only to Debrickashoff Bergeson in the 2005 draft. He was ready to commit. But as dumb luck would have it, guess what happened? To help out his team, he played defensive end, but he tore his ACL the Capital City Bowl, which they did win. And it was funny because he also was blocking for a 1,500-yard back. But the consummate team player he is, he went in a defensive end, tore his ACL, so he was unable to commit to that draft. Well, you know what happened and who he got drafted by, so kind of good for us, right? Coming back for his final year of the NCAA, he had a hell of a year, man. It, another... Blocked for another 1,500-yard back. He won the Outland Trophy. The Badgers won the Capital City Bowl again, and he ended his storybook college career. All-first-team Big Ten, consensus All-American pick, and get this. Track and field, all-Big Ten second team. Broke a couple records in shot put, discus. Then he qualified for the NCAA regionals for both sports as well. What a heck of a career. So he had nowhere to go but up. And he was moving on to the NFL. So what was next? Well, the Browns owned number three. And I don't know if you guys recall that draft, but I do. He was the sure bet, the solid pick. And again, offensive tackle, not as a sexy pick. Calvin Johnson, he was also slated to go. Calvin Johnson was and had freakish measurables, but he was a bit of an unknown because of the 
Georgia Tech run first philosophy. They get thrown at a lot. But as you can see in the Hall of Fame ceremony, this class overall would boost three Hall of Famers. So when this ceremony is done, Calvin Johnson, Daryl Rivas, and Joe Thomas will represent this class. The Browns had another first-round pick that year, and they drafted Dublin, Ohio, Brady Quinn, who was thought to maybe go in the third round, and he kind of did a dip like Aaron Rodgers. The thoughts on the draft, though, were like, man, wow, a blue-chip tackle, a starting quarterback in the first round. What could go wrong? We're set for years. Well, I mean, at least half of that was true. You know, Quinn, he was a bit of a more of a model than he was or maybe a better broadcaster than he was a quarterback. Too rigid, too big, too strong, couldn't move, was a knock on him. But getting back to it, I'll give you another side note for that draft, and this is not the great note, but the number 15 pick overall was our super dud, rap star Dwayne Bow. He was the biggest flop bust the Browns have had probably in their free agent history. But getting back to it, I, don't want to get, yeah, I thought you guys might want to know that. The interesting part of the Joe's journey was that he decided not to walk the red carpet in New York. He traded the city that never sleeps for the bouncing waves of Lake Michigan. So instead of holding like the number one draft pick jersey, wearing some suit that some designer made for him, he opted for a rod, a reel, his dad, father-in-law, good buddy, who was also drafted but years earlier, Joe Panos which interestingly enough, same high school, same uni, and was a mentor to him. And hung out with those guys in fishing gear. So on April 26, 2007, Joe Thomas was drafted by the Cleveland Browns via cell phone and then continued to fish. He was criticized for choosing family over the whole New York thing, but oddly enough, or maybe not surprisingly, the media always tries to turn it into something, and it was like him alienating himself from the team or... Whatever it was, I don't think it was a Cleveland thing. That was more of a nationwide thing. And you know what? A guy that just didn't want to go to the big city, be part of something small, fish. I mean, sounds like a Cleveland guy to me, right? Well, the sure thing was the real deal in his first season as a Brown, but it didn't start that way. The first game started in Cleveland getting whooped by the Steelers 34-7. to They allowed six freaking sacks. The city was in an uproar, and Justin Smith and the Bengals were coming to town. And this game, though, went the opposite way. It was a fireworks display. The Browns won 51-45. to Derek Anderson had his coming out party, and I think they traded Charlie Fiery the next day. The Browns would finish 10-6, and only to miss the playoffs in freakish tiebreakers. Joe played every single offensive snap, and he made the freaking Pro Bowl as a rookie. He also made the NFL team, and Adrian Peterson was a runaway rookie of the year. And I guess that could be a really bad dad joke because he was running back. Get it? Ha ha. No, this is terrible. Sorry, guys. Joe Thomas, though, was the only other rookie to get any votes. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Guys, it takes a long time to master a craft, but the steak experts over at Omaha Steaks have spent more than a century doing exactly that. They have been America's original butcher since 1917. And right now, they're inviting you to celebrate their anniversary with 50% off site-wide. Head over to omahasteaks.com and enter dogs, D-A-W-G-S, into the search bar to shop all the exclusive anniversary packages. 
as an added bonus, just for our listeners, you get eight free Omaha Steak Burgers and eight free Gourmet Jumbo Franks with select packages, including their exclusive anniversary assortment package. This package is the perfect sampling of everything that makes Omaha Steaks unforgettable. It includes four butcher's cut filet mignons, four air chill boneless chicken breasts, four bacon wrapped pork chops, four Gourmet Jumbo Franks, and the classic Omaha Steak seasoning. Plus, you get those eight free burgers and eight free Jumbo Franks. You're going to want to hurry because this offer is only available for a limited time. Celebrate more than 100 years of incredible steaks and save 50% off-site wide during the Omaha Steaks anniversary sale. Visit omahasteaks.com right now, enter code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, into the search bar to shop exclusive anniversary packages. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword DOGS in the search bar, eight free steak burgers, eight free jumbo franks. Hurry, get them now. See site for details. The next year, the Browns had huge expectations, but in the season where... A player jumps on Braylon Edwards and slices his Achilles with the back of his heel and he can't play, then commits vehicular homicide. The Browns would just fall apart with a 4-12 record. The O-line was amazing, though. They allowed a team-low 19 sacks, but could only win four games. Joe being Joe makes his second straight Pro Bowl and earns a second-team All-Pro while starting every freaking game. And then 2009 to 2013, just roll in the same thing over and over again. Fired coach, new regime, new players, fired coach, regime, new players, and all the time, not winning, not making the playoffs. It was the worst football this proud franchise and its football faithful would see. While the team remained three to five wins a year, Joe Thomas was the mark of excellence, in my opinion, becoming the face of the franchise. And this is kind of how the five years would break down. Awesome for him, not so good for the Browns. So, starts all the games for the 5-11 Browns in 2009. He was named to his first All-Pro, third straight Pro Bowl. In 2010, he was selected by his peers as the 43rd best player in the league. Maybe in 2010, I think that's when they just started doing the top 100. There was a second straight All-Pro and his fourth Pro Bowl in a row in his fourth year. And again, he starts all 16 games. 2011. They got one thing right that season. They signed the rock of the franchise, JT, to a record-setting $84 million extension. And at that time, they were giving him $44 million guaranteed, which was unheard of. And again, the season ends with him, another Pro Bowl, another All-Pro, finishing the top 100 players. The only other Brown to do that is guess who? Yeah, that's right, the GOAT, Jimmy Brown. 2012, let's just hit the repeat button for the last thing I just said over and over and over again. It was another 5-11 and season that saw him make the Pro Bowl, capped off with a top 500 selection. He was one of 15 players to be selected to a Pro Bowl in his first six years. So at this point, you got to say, like, this guy's got some Hall of Fame stuff going on, right? But here's the odd part. He gets his a second-team All-Pro selection, but he was voted by his peers 28th best player. With the previous year, and I didn't mention this before, he was a All-Pro, which he didn't mention, but I just said he finished in the top 100. He was 82 but he got a first team. That doesn't make sense. So subjective, man. This stuff never 
Now you can go figure, man. In 2013, and man, I'm telling you, I'm getting tired of losing. I know you guys were getting tired of losing. I can't imagine what it was doing to this guy. But he put the bucket hat on and he went to work. And what more can he do? Let's hit the repeat button again. Seven straight Pro Bowls. First team All-Pro and ranked 18 from his peers out of the top 100 players. 2014 was a super fun year to start. And it had to do in part with Kyle Shanahan. And I don't know if you guys remember that year, but I really liked Shanahan and I did not like Patton. But we know how it played out. It was his best year since his rookie year. They were 7-9. and nine. Joe still had missed a game. He made another Pro Bowl. Oh, I forgot to hit the repeat button. He made another Pro Bowl, first team All-Pro, and he ranked 25 out of the top 100 players. JT73, three more seasons after 2014, and it gets worse after this. The unfortunate part of the Browns is they just couldn't get a franchise quarterback or really anything going. They had already, in that time, sold to Jimmy Haslam, and the Browns would only see four more wins. The 2015 and 2016, I might as well just hit the repeat button for him and the Browns. They don't win. He gets a Pro Bowl, first team, all pro, and a top 10 player selection, all the while starting every game. 2017 was the worst. 0-16 record, and the team was stripped to the Bulls. And our fave OT landed on the IR, snapping his consecutive snap streak, at 10,363, which is amazing. Joe Thomas never had a major injury in his NFL career, but he did reveal in 2017 that he started having episodes of memory loss. So, on March 14th, 2018, he made the decision to pursue health over football, and he retired. This was an amazingly successful career, for a player involved in, this kills me to say this because we all live through this, 128 losses in an 11-year career. Well, you can divide 128 by 11. That's why the pause is, it's hard to take. We saw all those losses, and it's a lot per season. But even with the loss count, man, I can't fathom how you would think this guy could not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, let's recap all these accomplishments, okay? So, since recording snap counts, so it was since 1999 that they did that, he has the most consecutive snap counts at 10,363. He has 10 straight Pro Bowls. He has six team All-Pros, two team All-Pros. 2010 All-Decade. That's a no-brainer. Here's another note, Brainer by the Browns. Ring of Honor, Legend Club, of course. He, in his career, allowed 30 sacks. That's it. And that's off 6,680 pass block attempts. He was the highest graded Brown in, in pro football focus era at 95.1. And the one thing I couldn't find, because I really wanted to know who the highest grade was, because that has to be one of the highest grades in that era. So surprise, surprise, guys. We're celebrating the career in this upcoming weekend. 
and it is well deserved. I am looking forward to this induction and I'm looking forward to spending every penny that I can on this great weekend. I appreciate the Hall of Fame effort and those dark years of non-competitive football. Who doesn't love the pick on the net where he's smashing James Brown into the ground like a pancake? So that being said, what's your favorite memory of Joe Thomas? Throw it in our comments. It'd be nice, you know, for Joe to have written off in the sun. Maybe as you heard, the Broncos had Peyton Manning personally call him, try and get him in a trade, and that guy freaking declined. And you know what? He declined for the stability of his family and the respect of the Cleveland fan base. I ran gyms for eight years, and his weight loss goal, his drive is super impressive to draw up. 50 pounds. Look like you're show ready. It's, it's unreal. Then what he does, he moves from the field to the podcast slash broadcasting career. Makes a ton of sense based on his personality. Who doesn't like the guy? I mean, I want to have a beer with him. You'd want to have a beer with him. Who doesn't want to hang out with this dude? Super likable, super knowledgeable. And he can deliver info in such a manner that those that listen understand and appreciate what he says for the most part he seems like he's having a ton of fun he's super easy going laid back you call me crazy but here's a quote and, and, and tell me who this sounds like it's from Penn live patriot news he told the truth as he saw it spiced with funny stories and metaphors and tangents and goofy sound effects and you know who they're all talking about that's right. Yeah, it's not Joe Thomas. It's John Madden. But I hope when I said that, that you see the parallels. So maybe we'll be back at the Hall of Fame in 20 years where he's a second-time contributor. All I know is that I couldn't be happier for a guy that stuck around the land for 11 seasons, gave it all on his, the field for his teammates and for the fans. He is a true throwback, 10,363 throwback snap Iron Man. That had an unusual, and this is where I got to get to the shot put. He had a shot put style first hit to lock up the defender. And that's how he only allowed three sacks. By all accounts, this guy makes all the time he can for the fans. And I'm going to see this guy again in two weeks because he's making time for Browns backers. And every company is falling all over themselves to do business with this dude. He's got t-shirts. He's got, obviously, I got his jersey on. Coffee, beer. People wear Joe Thomas 73 with pride because of the honor that that guy had for the game. So I thank you, Joe. Browns fan, thank you, Joe. You are the man and the best candidate in the hall this year. And that's been in there for quite a long time because you appreciate us and we appreciate you. Well, diehard dogs, that is all I have. So thanks for hanging with me in my dog cave. I love doing this. Shout out to the dogs podcast, boys. <laughs> I'm coming to the land. So I can't wait to see you guys. Come hang with us in the Discord. Join the dogs.com. Stay tuned for some special extras this upcoming week as well. We might have a couple, couple surprises up our sleeves that you guys will want to see. And before I sign off, I really want your guys' help. Well, yeah, that's right. I can hear you. What can we do? Well, this is what you can do, guys. Comment on the video, the YouTube, 
Tell me what you think about JT73 and or what's your favorite memory of Joe Thomas? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, followers, please show some Joe Thomas love. First of all, tag him, tag us. I want you to use this hashtag, hashtag throwback Thursday, JT73 with anything and everything Joe Thomas. I don't care what it is, his book, his beer, sports cards, whatever you own. I'll start it off with this. And let's see how long we can get this hashtag. I'll be in Canton doing everything under the sun, up to training camp. So I will see you next episode. You can find me. Just Google Ottawa Browns backers and let's go brownies. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.